Eons ago, there was a form of media, a form of entertainment, that used to reign supreme in all households. It didn't run on electricity, and only occasionally ran on batteries. Picture this. It's a dark, stormy night, the power's off, and you don't feel like reading books by candlelight, so you turn to the one thing that always remains in your closet or your toy room. And that is your board game collection. I just thought it'd be fun today to uh, discuss some of our uh, favorite board games that we like to play. Just for fun. So, um, yeah, I guess I'll start off the list. I'm going to start with this one. This one uh, I always liked to play when I was younger. It was, uh, it was a game of zany action with a wacky contraption. The fun is catching. It's Mousetrap. It's Mousetrap. Yes. So... Uh, there's not much to this game. I actually, I actually like this game more for the concept than the actual execution of the game itself. It's basically, you go around a board setting up this elaborate Rube Goldberg machine to catch these, these mice. And the real fun of the game is just setting up the, the trap itself. It's, it's kind of redundant otherwise. When you get to the end of the game, you basically are stuck in this infinite loop until your opponent lands on the cheese and one of you lands on the wheel. And then you turn the crank, and if the, the trap doesn't work, then you keep going. So, the game itself, I must reiterate, the game itself is kind of dull, but the coolest thing about this game is the trap. Um, I, I, uh, my favorite part of it has to be that little diving guy that has nothing better to do than stand on a seesaw all day, ready to get dunked into a pool. So, Poor guy. That little green man, you know. Um, Mousetrap's a great example of like the buildup is kind of not exi non-existent, but the payoff is great. Oh, the payoff's excellent. It's the it's the highlight of the game. You just want to see that trap go over and over and over again. Um, Cody, do you have any experience with the mousetrap? I've only built the trap, and I'm just looking at pictures here. So, is it you drop the marble down the red <coughs> uh, tub, and then it? No, drops so, off and then it launches that green guy up into the air and it lands into the the yellow okay. kind of like other cylinder and then it springs like the the main red trap down no here's here's the execution of the trap so you turn the crank the crank activates another crank that hits a stop sign that that knocks into a, a boot that's hanging on a uh you know a pole that boot knocks over a bucket that goes down a flight of stairs and goes through a chute. Um, hits a hand that's attached to a pole that shifts uh, a panel that's up above that drops a like a ball down into the uh, holy shit into a bathtub that goes onto a seesaw which knocks over the little green man and he falls into a tub an empty tub so that's gotta hurt and then that shifts that rattles the main pole that holds the cage that falls down onto the mouse. You got that? Oh, okay, so I was I was saying the last half of it. Or you you had you had of half it. of it down. You just missed the uh, the context of the beginning half. One thing I never realized. One thing I've always been curious about is that one thing that's interesting is that mousetrap hasn't really um, evolved in the years it's existed because it has the main trap, but they've never really made alterations 
in like the the 50 or so years this game's been around so it's interesting because yeah. I, I don't know like there's many other ways you can do a rogue goldberg like mousetrap so I, I don't know i'm surprised it hasn't really evolved much i guess if it ain't broke don't fix it I just wonder if they'll ever make like a Pee Wee's Big Adventure version, or a Doc Brown Feed the Einstein Dog Machine, or. Um, you hear that, Warner Brothers? They are Here's gonna... another chance for your IPs to be in a property together. There's a million monopolies, but only one mousetrap. Oh, we'll get some in that one. <laughs> we will, we will. But uh, that's that's about enough I have to say about mousetrap. It's a fun idea, kind of somewhat fun board game, but uh, yeah, it's a memorable one. But let's carry on. Alright, let me see what I got here. So, my first one is going to be a little bit more of a deeper cut uh, for those that like uh, planes, trains, and or automobiles, and also strategy games. Uh, this first one may appeal to you. I'm going with Ticket to Ride. I want to play this game so bad, so break it down for us. It's a little bit more of a recent game. It's only been out since around 2004, so compared mm -hmm. to some of the other selections we're going with, a little bit more modern. But the basis of it is there's a board depicting a railway map of the U.S. and southern Canada, although there are localized editions that have been published where you have the maps of whatever region uh, people are playing in. You collect and play train car cards to claim various routes across the map. You get points based on the length of the route you're claiming, whoever completes the longest continuous railway, and whether you can connect distant cities that are determined by drawing ticket cards. And if you've ever played another game that I will be mentioning later and you wanted to claim railroads in that game, this is like that times 50. <laughs> yeah, it does, <laughs> it does remind me of a certain other classic game, but it looks cool. And the neat thing about it is there's been a bunch of standalone releases, of various expansion maps, but you need the base game for that, and even a card game and several electronic versions, including most recently a, uh, a video game release. There have been several, though. The most recent one was, I believe, for the... Uh, it was on the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One as of a couple of years, but yeah, 2018 on the PS4 and 2019 on the Xbox One. Yeah. And Steam and stuff, so... It Who's uh, Alan R. Moon? Who is Alan R. Moon? He is the an author of board games from Southampton, England, considered to be one of the foremost designers of German-style board games, and many of them, his games can be seen as variations on what's known as the traveling salesman problem. What's the traveling? Okay, so he, so he kind of based, the, the people that designed the game kind of based his work on the design of the game, or...? Yeah, it was initially designed by him. It's been published by uh, Days of Wonder, who have only been around since about 2002. But I remember sort of uh, talking with Marnie, and I think her cousin has played this game before, and what um, and she seemed to like it. So I definitely want to check this out sometime as well. I mean, especially since I do have the video game versions of it. So I feel like if anyone wants to get into the the mechanics of the game before committing to the full-on physical board game. Maybe try one of the um, various video games, uh, uh, video game versions of it floating around. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I've been really mean to give this game a try. It's just none of my friends have played it, so I just don't have the chance. So yeah, maybe someday. Maybe we'll try it sometime. Oh yeah, I'm down. I'm down. I yeah, I've, ne I've never accepted. heard of it till now, but I'm down to play it whenever. So the weird thing was, at first, I thought. 
they must have taken some influence from the Beatles song Ticket to Ride because that's the first thing that comes to mind when I think of yeah. a title like that. But yeah. you know, maybe there's some influence there too. Yeah, I know. I know it's a popular game at like board game cafes. Anytime I'm there, it's always uh, out and about. So. I still have not gone to Snakes and Lattes or Loggers, even though the latter does not exist anymore. Oh, not even Riddle Room? Ah, gosh. We gotta get you up to speed. Uh, I miss Snakes and Lattes so much. (laughs) We all gotta go back one day. And I'm not just saying that. We literally have to go back. Yes, yes, we have to. I miss it, too. The board game cafes are the best, and I'm so glad they reached a level of popularity at this time. Uh, so my first pick is a game that I just started playing last year. Uh, Veronica got me this for, it was either my birthday or, or our uh, our anniversary. It's called uh, Dutch Blitz. So I'm kind of cheating with this game, and I'm cheating with the second game I'll talk about afterwards, where it's not technically a board game. It's These are sort of card games, but they're not playing cards. So And they're a lot more colorful, so... I'm cheating a bit, but that's beside the point. That's okay. So, what Dutch Blitz is basically just a very fast-paced version of Solitaire. So, what it is that you can play up to four people, and there's four colors. There's red, green, blue, and yellow. And it's going to take a bit of explaining, but I'm just trying to give you the long, the short story of how to, how to go through this. So... You have about seven cards in your hand, depending on how many people you're playing with. And the objective is to get your cards down the same way you would, like in Solitaire, where you're counting, uh, when you're counting uh, up. So you go from like one to ten, but you start off with the ones already on the board. And all you have to do is match the same color as much as possible. So say like there's a yellow on the board that's at three then you have to wait until there's a you have to wait until like there's a a yellow four in your hand but the objective is to get you have to get all seven cards out of your hand and then once you do you yell blitz but you'd think okay well wait how do i keep going through these cards so what you do is you keep going through the deck but you have to keep flipping them through until you get like a right one to plop onto the board but the tricky thing pile and what the wood pile is is three cards that you can you can easily throw them onto the board whenever you want but you always have to have three there so say you threw one card there you have to replace it with something else on the deck and the interesting thing is that you can actually count down so instead of going from one to ten you can go from ten to zero but it has to be boy girl boy girl because there's a boy on the card and then there's a girl on the card and it's kind of confusing well it gets confusing at first when the person calls out blitz because once the play is done the game is done then you have to like see how many cards you have left in your hand and what you have to do is you have to minus that from your grand total so say you had Say you had like four cards left over, you have to double that so it's eight. So it's actually minusing eight cards when you count everything else in the center. And the first person to 75 wins. So you can go as many rounds as you want. I technically tend to go to like about 100. That's what it says on the the instructions is to go to 75. But going to 100 kind of at least makes the game last longer. 
But despite all of that, I know it was probably a handful to kind of get the game. It's a bit of a, I have to show you it to understand it. That's the case it's very a fun. lot of games. It's very fun. It's very fast paced. You get a lot of like parts where like two people will try to get their hands onto the board as quickly as they can. Sometimes you almost like almost get a paper cut. That's how fast you're going. And it's a bit like a, ah, fuck, ah, shit, ah, oh, ah, oh. Like you, have to, like, you have to really go, like, back and forth. You can't just put two cards down. You have to put your hand back to your deck and then put down the next card. But then by the time that's even happened, your opponent has already, like, undercutted you and put the card down. So it's it's a lot of, it's very fast. And what's scary is that there's an expansion pack that can double the whole game. So you're up to, like, six to eight people just, like, throwing cards on the table, trying to, like, organize everything and lose their and just try not to lose your mind. But it's, uh, but it's quite the bits. <laughs> Cody, in preparation for your discussion, I saw a video of people playing a real-life game of Dutch Blitz where they have all these tiles, but it's on the floor. And you have to run in between and pass the, the tiles and stuff. And it was wild. <laughs> it was the funniest thing I ever seen because they kept uh, running into each no, other. It, it, you know? I don't recommend Austin Powers' dad to play this game <laughs> because we know how he thinks about the, about the Dutch. <laughs> there are two things I hate in this world. Intolerance and the Dutch. <laughs> Take the Fasha away! Oh, yeah, no, I, I, I feel like yeah, I, I want to play it. this it's, game now. Just, just know, just know your numbers and have a lot of strategy and keep your eyes peeled because it's uh, it's pretty crazy. I'm honestly impressed. Something based on solitaire, which is mostly single player and mostly tedious, is not only you know you can play with so many people, but it gets that intense. Yeah, yeah. it looks like a game that really pries on your attention and your uh, ability to work quickly. So. I, I wouldn't mind playing a game. It sounds interesting to me. Challenging. But... I'll bring it over next time. Yay. Alright, um, I guess my next game will be both a deep cut and a card game as well. Uh, just just uh, keeping in the trends. Uh, my next pick is a game called Boss Monster. So, if you ever wanted to simulate yourself as a video game boss... And you ever ask yourself, like, okay, I gotta kill the main player. How am I gonna do this? I gotta build a badass dungeon. I'm talking all the works. I'm gonna have sharks with freaking lasers attached to their heads. Like, that kind of thing. And that's the appeal of this game. Basically, you're a, you're a boss. And you, you build a dungeon that has up to five rooms. And each room has, like, uh, an icon attached to it to attract certain heroes. Like a mage, or a, or a fighter, or a thief. And uh, your opponents are going to be doing the same thing. So the idea is you want to attract a pretty healthy stream of uh, heroes to come to your uh, dungeon. But you also have to make sure your dungeon, you know, isn't too, too easy or else they're going to get right through and kill you. So it's a healthy blend of um, adapting because your opponents are going to throw curveballs at you to, like, affect your dungeon. And as well as um, trying to make sure you have the highest point value per room. So when you attract heroes you make sure they go down because you can you have to kill 10 heroes or actually get like 10 points some heroes are worth more points because they're far stronger and uh then there's but if they get through to your dungeon you can only take five hits wounds as they call it and then you're you're out of the game 
it's a very fun game. It's very uh, it's very much inspired by old school Nintendo, which I love. There's a lot of Easter eggs and stuff in each and every room, and uh, certain heroes are based on. There's one character who looks just like Harry Potter, and another character who looks just like Jon Snow. Who, I think he's like the master of nothing, no, no knowledge or something. Just fun little names like that. But um. <laughs> Uh, one thing I always love to do is, like, when a guy's, like, super strong, let's say my opponent uses, like, the assassin card, it's a spell card that gives your, uh, your, the hero that enters your dungeon, plus, I don't know, two or four, like, extra hits, so I'm like, oh no, what am I gonna do? He's gonna hurt me. Oh no, I have the portal gun teleportation card. Back to the, back to square one, bitch. And then, yeah. He's da da decimated And there's one room. I swear to God, it's so OP. It's called the Bottomless Pit or something like that. And kind of like in Yu-Gi-Oh, if you destroy cards, then like an effect will occur. Um, if you destroy this card as soon as a hero enters it, he's instant. He's insta-killed. So it's like, yay, I didn't have to put all that work. And I have an extra slot for more development. It's like a never-ending wheel. It's a, it's a good game with a group of people, although... Um, it does take some getting used to. I mean, especially... I, I know it's a lot of beginners. They don't really read what each card can do. Because it's like... <laughs> the, the, I.E. me. Because I remember you showed this game to me last year. And I had no idea what the fuck I was doing. <laughs> no, there's a lot of like nuance to it. There's also advanced rooms. Because there's, there's two types of rooms. There's, a, there's monster rooms and trap rooms. And you can build advanced rooms on top of them so they inflict more points and have more effects. But they have to be of a certain icon. They have to share the same icon, otherwise it doesn't work. So there's, yeah, it takes it takes practice and it takes a few runs to get to know this sort of stuff and to know which cards are worth holding on to. Because, um, yeah, it's, no, but it's, a, it's an insanely fun game. I know there's a lot of expansions for it now where there's, like, Certain they they've added more rules as the game's gone by, so it's like patches almost. I haven't seen those yet, so I'm a little bit more more of the first generation of boss monster players. But uh, rest assured, uh, it's a really it's a it's a game I highly recommend, especially especially if you're into retro video games like I am. I think yeah, you showed cover, me this. Yeah, the cover of it uh, kind of reminds me of like an old school Mario game. Well, yeah, that's yeah. He's supposed to be like a Bowser knockoff, and one of the bosses. And some of the design, and some of the designs of the cards also have like almost like this Yu-Gi-Oh kind of front cover of it. That's a, that's very astute. So, sorry, Josh, I interrupted. You you said you played this. Uh no, I think I might have seen uh, Lyle's deck of it at some point in the last year or two because I feel like I've seen the the uh, the artwork before. Well, I own a copy, yeah, and I I do bring it to parties sometimes just to like kind of introduce it to people. Might have seen it then. If anyone is, is tired of playing AVGN Adventures or I want to be the guy and you want to be your own dick to people, play this instead. <laughs> oh, God. Like, there they is... should make a third AVGN Adventures and have this kind of a mode in there. There is nothing worse than having some dickhead player throw a freeze card on you and you lose a room that was one of your most powerful dungeons and you're just like, oh, no. God, Stay take... cool. There's another game out there that I'd like to try. It's called Munchkin. It's somewhat of a similar breed, but it's not similar in game design. It, I, I've been trying to re look at walkthroughs, but it, it's it's a more complex game than Boss Monster. So maybe this is like an early kind of taste of if you want to get into games like Munchkin or stuff like that. So Boss Monster is the, the name of the game, and that's where it's at. 
What's your next pick, Josh? Mine involves wit, wordplay, and really high point totals, Scrabble. Wow. Now, for anyone that considers themselves a wordsmith, you have a board where various uh, tiles on the board, not tiles, various spaces on the board can be worth either triple multi you can have triple multipliers you can have your total word will equal more points and you always have to start from the center space and it leads to some very interesting results when you're trying to get words that don't overlap but are still you know unique words in the dictionary that are actual words and not just symbols or of course as one of my favorite early simpsons jokes goes a quidgibo damn it i wanted to quote that been a long time since I've been waiting to use that one, but for something that's been around since the late 30s, this is this is a pretty fun game to play. I know I um, we busted it out at family gatherings in the past, and while I haven't played it in maybe a few years, I do still enjoy the challenge of trying to use the tiles to come up with words and always trying to find letters like Q, X, or Z, because the letters near the end of the alphabet are the ones that are worth more points. Yeah, the more rare words. Mm-hmm. They've even made a bunch of rule changes over the years, with the most recent rules being as of 1999, that a tile can be shifted or replaced until your actual word is scored. So if you're not certain about where you want to make just to arrange a word, you, you have until like the very end of your turn to move it. Um, a challenge, if you challenge someone's like the legitimacy of someone's word, it applies to all the words made in that place. So if someone tries to make a bunch of different words in their one go, if you want to call them on it, you can. Um, apparently playing all your tiles is called a bingo in North America, but a bonus elsewhere. But why would you call it a bingo if you're not playing bingo? Because bingo was his name. Oh. <laughs> I, 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 I don't fucking know, all right? <laughs> it's just and a word. The change in the wording could have been interpreted as meaning someone may form more than one word on one row in a single term. But there's a lot of competition in, in Scrabble, obviously. But it's a lot of fun, and just you have, I think, seven or ten tiles. You have tiles you start with, and as the t- as your turns go on, you keep adding more, so you have a consistent amount. And whoever clears their hand, clears their tiles out to form all the words, wins. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I played this game, but I don't think I've played it by the rules. Like I remember, we were just putting like a random letter in the center. And then we just go from there, but we don't follow any of the instructions of where it says on the board. Like it would say, like you know, double letter score, or triple letter score. Like we didn't really follow by that. We were just trying to like get our bundle of letters just out, out there, and yeah, we were kind of doing it in our, in our own custom way, way back in the day. I think that's the best way to play a game like this because sticking to the rules, it can get very rigid, and sometimes it's just best to to sort of suspend your disbelief a little bit even though it is it is very easy to just you know turn your brain off for a game like this but the competition scene for this is pretty insane considering there's like around 4000 scrabble clubs worldwide so a lot of people play this competitively i believe it yeah. so when is netflix going to make a series about the joys of scrabble and call that a no the knight's triple word score <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, they made Battleship into a movie, so anything is possible. Uh, Goes without saying. There's only one. <laughs> there's only one true board game movie, and I will talk about it soon. Oh it, yes, yes. Much that like one. Ticket to Ride, Scrabble has also had various electronic adaptations over the years. I remember there was a PC version in the mid late '90s. My grandmother had 
uh, in her condo, and I have played before. It's it's pretty fun. Of course, they have also had various iterations over the years for like consoles, mobile devices, uh, things like that, even web versions. Hmm. Yeah, it's a popular game. Not one I've played very often because, like Cody, I, I don't really follow the rules, and most of my family members didn't really like it. So, yeah. But it, it, it's a good game with a group of people, for sure. It's nice to see what people can come up with with such limited uh, resources. And, and, and yes, oxidized is a word, and always look out for it. Ooh. That's a big one. <laughs> it's a shame the board isn't big enough for anti-disestablishmentarianism. Otherwise, people would have run that into the ground decades ago. Ooh. Just know your words. Choose them wisely. And with that, I concede my turn. Okay, dope. All right, uh, my next pick is uh, yeah another card game. It's Uno. Uno. Oh yeah. Oh my god. And much and much and much like Dutch Blitz, how that's a fast-paced version of Solitaire. This is a fast-paced Crazy Eight. Can attest. And and uh, we. Uh, I think we've all played this. This is a this is a fun game to just swear at your friends and just be <laughs> complete assholes to them. People think Mario and... Party is the original ruining friendship game. <laughs> this has nothing. That has nothing on Uno. No, I lived with roommates where we literally would bounce around between Uno and Mario Party or Mario Kart. So it was always pretty freaking crazy and competitive between all of us. So what Uno is, is that you're just trying to get all your cards out of your hand, but you have to go by color or by number. Yeah. And there's like four colors, and you get a, a couple of achievement cards, like you can switch the color, you can Uno switch reverse. the rotation back to you, you can make the other person lose a turn, you can make the other person pick up two cards or four cards, and you, if you ever wanted to be an absolute dick to somebody, if you're playing one-on-one... This is the way you do. If you ever have in your hand the change the rotation back to you, then you throw down the lose a turn card, and oh then you throw down the pick God. up four card. That's such a shitbag <laughs> thing to do, but that's how it is. <laughs> Cody, when you play the game, when you play the game, let's say you play plus two. Can the other? Do you play it so that the other person, if they have a plus two, they can place it down? And it just becomes like a big snowball. No, the other person has to pick up two, and then it's their turn, so they can be stuck with anything. Like, they can... Uh, the whole objective is just to get one more card left, and you have to say Uno, or else your opponent can call you out right away. Yeah. And then I, you lose the game. I know, it's just, I play games where if you get, like, a plus two card, or even a plus four card, if you place it down, and your opponent has a plus four or a plus two, they place it down, and then it's like, I don't know, like, up to four or eight cards, and it just keeps going in a chain... And whoever doesn't have a plus two, yeah. well, sucks to be you, dude. <laughs> As, I, I mean, it's games. definitely easier to play with just you and one other person. Well, but of course, it sometimes is. if you're playing with more than one person or more than one person, your opponent, you sometimes have to be a dick to the other person, even if they haven't done anything to you. Yeah. <laughs> so um, it's a it is fun. It's definitely a game that uh, I played a lot back in the day, and I still will. Um, I still have not played the game with that little card machine that I've seen the commercials for growing up where it, like, flies the cards at you. I don't know. It looks a bit dangerous. <laughs> I've never heard of that one. Um, have you ever played uh, Skipbo? No, 
haven't actually. Oh, uh, I actually prefer Skippo over Uno. It's pretty nice. You have like a deck. Of, you have like a small pile of cards, and you have to get rid of them all. But you have you have it's like you have four stacks of like chronological uh, numbers that you have to pile up uh, in a specific order. And uh, so solitaire. Yeah, a little bit like solitaire. Yeah, and um, you can be a total dirtbag to people and completely block them from getting rid of their pile. And just you can just halt the game by not doing anything. If you have wild cards and you just choose not to use them, oh! Uh, but you can get some sick streaks if you, because like every time you finish your turn, you have to put a card down. So you can get some pretty sick streaks where you can just keep going and lose like five, ten cards at once. It's insane. I highly recommend Skippo to you if you have if you love Uno. Okay. All right. Got Veronica's family plays this game like savages. Like you can't. <laughs> and that's why you've yet to win. No, I I don't like playing Uno with them. Knowing me, um, they have it so that you can't ask questions. You have a five second window to make any moves. Um, you have to remember colors. You have to remember like what's next. Um, and uh, there's one card where you can just basically shift. There, there there's that handoff card where you basically sh like randomize all your cards with everyone else's, and they do that. And then it's confusing because you forget what color it is because of all the commotion. And one time, I almost beat them. I put down, like, a, a, a change color-like card. That was my Uno card. But because I didn't say a color right afterwards, I lost and I had to pick up, like, eight cards. And I was so mad. Because <laughs> I didn't know that was a rule. I thought that was I thought that was it. I was done. I was out. But they dragged me back in. <laughs> this would make the, I thought I was out. They dragged me back in. And tap one without the other. Mm -hmm. But yeah, uh, but yeah no, Uno. If you ever just want to insult your friends and call them a motherfucker or a <laughs> shithead or an asshole, it's totally acceptable. Keep going. It's not going to get us any more demonetized. <laughs> <laughs> We're monetized? Well, there's... Demonetized. Well, with our huge subscriber count? Yeah. Oh um, no, this is a family show. How can I forget? Just imagine putting down a reverse card, someone else puts down a reverse card, then you put down another reverse card, it's like, Stop, Jane, I want to get off this crazy thing. <laughs> oh god, that's happened before, and it really throws you off if you're playing one-on-one. -on -one. Oh, fuck. Yeah, it does. Have you ever played <laughs> the... Many uh... a lunch was spent in high school with uh, my friend group playing Uno. It was, a, it was a blast, and yet it was insanely tense, too. Phase 10 is another game that's kind of similar, although that one's closer to Crazy 8s. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's that's another great one. My next pick for the night is Settlers of Catan. Now, this is a fairly new one for me. I started playing it about uh, four years ago. And um, I really love this game because it's just so much better than like other games I've played in the past like snakes and ladders and stuff where it's like it, you don't really have a choice in the matter it just sort of happens when you roll a die but with Catan there's like yeah a, there's just so much like strategy involved essentially if I describe the game it is a complex game but uh, to, to big bare, bare bones it's like risk without fighting the whole point is you're supposed to cultivate land. Yeah. And each, each square on this giant island has, like, specific resources that you need to uh, progress throughout the game. So your goal is to get, like, pretty good, like, squares of land. Some of them, it's all dictated, because when you roll, 
that what you roll is what that resource, the specific tile, it says what roll it is, that's what you collect. And when you, um, when you start collecting more and more resources, you can trade them, you can develop things like roads and houses, cities, uh, development cards that sometimes give you armies or even like other things of that sort. And um, yeah, there's, what were the five things you collect? You collect wood, brick, wheat, ore, and sheep. And hand to God, every game I've ever played, someone always has way too many sheep. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> yes. There's always that a. There's is, always. So they're never gonna run out of wool. They'll never run out of wool. No, but then they're always like, "I'll trade they you." Have the three bags full, and then some. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Three bags full. It's like, yeah, I'll trade you. A, I'll trade a sheep with you. I'm like, no, Daniel. No one wants your six sheep. <laughs> why don't you con? Why don't you go to a port and convert it into wood? We need more wood and brick. There's never enough brick in Katana. That that is the golden rule. There's never enough brick. Um, I have many memories with this game. Um, I've only won once, and when I did, it was up against, I was up against Veronica and some of her friends, and I did the first, it was the first time I ever pulled, like, a, a, a dick move on her. She was trying to build the longest road, and I just cut right through her. <laughs> oh, God. And she was so pissed off at me, I could see it right on her face. She didn't talk to me after that. <laughs> But it was, she always picks on me because I'm too nice to her in games. So I thought I would be like, you know what? This is my bad. This is me being a bad boy. And yeah, turns out that's not that you get your just desserts doing that. But my God, the second last turn of the game, I rolled a seven. And if you roll a seven, that's bad. Because if you have over, I think it's if you have over seven cards in your disposal, then like thieves come. And will take half your deck. And I was trying so yeah. hard to build a city that I really needed as many resources as I could. Thankfully, I had, like, enough places developed so that I could just, like, roll and get it all back again. But, like, when you're that close in Catan and something like that happens, it's not a good thing. Thieves, thieves suck. Especially when you plant them in really high designated areas with, like, where you get the most rolls. That just always sucks. I'm sorry if it sounds like I'm speaking Greek right now, but, like, uh, Catan is very much fun. It does take a long time to kind of, like, grasp the entire concept of it. But, like, for beginners, it's it's a pretty smooth kind of game to get into if you have people who are more experienced and have played it a few times. And there's so many ways to, yeah, like, I've do it. definitely played this. It's all about gathering the most points, so you can do that by, like, you know, getting the longest road... Or building the most cities and like uh, towns, which is usually what most people do. Or you could get um, the largest army, which you get by getting uh, development cards, which have a kind of a weird like template to them. I think you need like two ore and a sheep to like get a development card. I could no, I think wheat ore and sheep, and that's how you get a development card. It's a very weird combination, but there you go. Um, <laughs> And there's like tons and tons and tons of different versions of this one. You can go, there's like island ones or like, there's a Game of Thrones one where you're at the North Wall and you have to defend it from wildlings. So on top of everything that's stressful about Catan, you have to worry about invaders too. So I don't know. Some people, this is a, this is a very complex game. I understand it may be a bit of a turnoff for some people, but to those who played it, I can tell you they've all had very fond memories of their time with Catan. And that's why it's quickly become one of my favorite games in recent years. 
I played this game for three hours once at a board game cafe. Oh, they are long games, I'm telling you. Like, set up, play yeah, through, it, like, cool. And it was fun. I, I, I like it. I What I was going to say before was I like how when you compared it to Risk, I actually thought of that the first time we played it because I caught on to it pretty quick, and I was kind of saying to myself, this kind of feels like they're taking a little bit of the rules of Risk, a little bit of the rules of Snakes and Ladders, and a little bit of Monopoly. And yeah. just kind of combining it all into like this sort of um, old-fashioned, kind of old-century sort of theme kind of game. And I think it's cool that, you know, because like when it comes to family board games, there's always like the classic go-tos, like what I just said, Monopoly, Scrabble, and all that stuff. But it's nice to see that there's actually like a new age game that a lot of people can get, can get behind. It's like taking it to the next step. Yeah, I, I agree because Catan doesn't it doesn't it doesn't play out the same way every time. There's always different types of ways to win, and that's what I like because like I don't like games where it's so linear. Kind of like my previous mentioned yeah. game, Mousetrap. That's a horribly linear game, but with Catan, there's a lot more to do. There's a lot more ways, and there's a lot of like there's a lot of ways to think around situations and and practical problems. And uh, you know what? It's I, I've never played Risk. That's another game I really want to get into, but I don't know anyone who really has it or plays it a lot. And another so. game that can take a long time. That's another game that takes a long time. Long time, yes. Long, 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 long time. <laughs> but it'd be worth it. I'd love to try it out too. That's on my list of games I really want to play. But for now, I'll stick with Catan. I don't know if Catan's going to be something I play anytime soon. I may be better off watching people play a game, but I do remember when I was working at Sunrise, this was around four years ago, they were really banking on a lot more people interested in board games, so there were a lot of copies of Catan and its various expansions. It's a pretty expensive game, I won't lie. It goes for like $70. I can see that. I mean, it's a yeah. big game. There's a lot of pieces and stuff, and um, you can buy expansions too to make your make it more worthwhile. And um, yeah, but no, I, I I would love to own a copy someday. It's just I don't. I would need like a group of people with some time on their hands to like play it with me. So, but no, great game. It's essentially, it's essentially a good start for a new age of gaming, like you guys said. And in yet more yeah. video game developments, uh, there is a Switch version of Catan. It's been out for a couple years. Oh, no kidding. Oh. Yeah, and, and it's been out since 2019. And uh, Niantic, of course, famously involved with making that uh, that little game that blew up five years ago, Pokemon Go. Uh, <laughs> they're developing an AR mobile version of Catan called Catan World Explorers. What? Okay. Uh, so you get, to, you get to build your own road Yep, using society. your smartphone. <laughs> oh, the, no. So if you world? thought people running around trying to catch a rare Pokemon was hilarious, <laughs> people running around trying to mine bricks. So wait, if I walked into oh, a no. forest... You're going to get people running into each other like, wait, my Pokemon is on top of your road. Well, my road You got your first. Pokemon in my road. Well, you got your road in my Pokemon. Don't make me send the thief on <laughs> You're you. You're both wrong. So if I walked into a forest, would I just, like, gather a bunch of wood or, like, a wheat field or, I don't know, a clay pit? I don't know. Well, 
According to the website, uh, players are divided into teams which compete over time to earn victory points, and it's being promoted as, you know, you develop your settlements and road while collecting the resources, brick, lumber, grain, ore, and wool, so still yeah. sheep, basically, yeah, with matches stuff. being the competitive elements. Uh, and in any, like, in prior Niantic titles, the game is based around real-world landmarks where you can collect resources in-game. It's only really uh, available right now in New Zealand, Australia, Denmark, and Singapore, but you can probably Google how to come up with ways around that i can see it as a video game but as a vr experience that seems very strange to me it's not it's not vr it's ar oh air, augmented reality okay yes okay well again that, that just raises a lot of questions i wonder how that would play out but just try not to just try not to fall asleep during the game not just because of how long it could be it's the fact that if you have a lot of sheep don't count them <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was such a dad That's joke. Two bad puns now. All right, <laughs> you're terrible. Yeah, I I am done. I, that 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 just killed my day right there. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Okay, Josh. You're welcome. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Okay, Josh. What's your next pick? Uh, well, why don't we take things down a little bit and actually have something a little bit more simple and enjoyable? Okay. The game of life. Ah, uh, yeah, life's simple, all right. Perhaps one of the oldest titles I picked, uh, first published in 1860. So this has been around the block a few times. Um, let me see here. Essentially, you've got you pick a different you pick a car, a different color car, and then you have you can pick your gender. You spin a wheel from one to ten, and the very first thing is you choose between. From when I remember playing, it was either a college or a career. And each path has different trade-offs where you gain one thing but risk losing out on another thing. And then you go throughout each space and some of these spaces you get money for doing things or for things happening. Other times you either lose money for things happening or you lose a turn. There are these life tile spaces where you collect various tiles that I believe can be exchanged for the end game to help you gain more money. Uh, there's various spaces you move through where you have to stop and then certain life events happen where you get married or buy a house so i believe those are the only two core places where you have to stop and i think maybe choose your career yeah. and there's other side things like you can have like a stock number where you pick a number from one to i think nine maybe ten and then every time you or another player spins and lands on that number you get money and it's kind of hilarious just to see you know, especially for me, a lot of my memories with this are both the board game version and the video game version, which came out in 1998 for the PC and the PlayStation, because my sister and I played the PlayStation version a ton as kids. Yeah, I had that on, on DOS. That was, a, that, was, that, that was an entertaining game. The models for were sure. interesting, to say the least. They had a couple of those games growing up in cereal boxes for the PC. Yeah, the cereal yes. box games. <laughs> that brings me back. God. This is not what I picked, but I remember getting uh, the Mr. Potato Head activity pack that Yay, way. Yay, that was a good one. And Monopoly Jr., and I think a Roller Coaster Tycoon my sister might have gotten. Yeah, the first one. I got, a, I got a Who Wants to Be a Millionaire on there. Mm, that's choice. I got a lot of the Tonka games, like the Research oh, and yeah. Rescue ones. But essentially with the game of life, at the end, you choose one of two places to retire at, and then all the money that you've earned in in the game and, and all the uh, sort of values is tallied up, and whoever has the most wins. It's been revised a lot over the years, 
and there's been a lot of different versions. Yeah. But this is a pretty simple game to just sort of, you know, play through with family and, you know, you don't really have to worry too much about any strategy for the most part. Mod the hoople in the game of life. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 As Norm, Adon- as Norm Macdonald, as the guy who played Death on Family Guy once said, you know, I don't know if this is ironic or anything, but really, I'm bored as hell. <laughs> 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 Playing the game of life with death. Oh, I was going to say, there's too many puns to count for this board game. Like, if you, you know, if you say you suck at this game, you can be like, well, I, I don't have a life. Or I don't own this game, I don't have a life. And then I once had this game and I lost all the pieces, so fuck my life. <laughs> oh my god, Cody's on a roll. <laughs> it's bizarre that it took till 2017 for them to finally add, like, pegs and squares for getting pets. Like, I would have thought that would have been something that had been around for decades, but no, they only added it a few years ago. Oh, yeah. If I have played this, it's been years. I can't recall if I ever have just played this in passing. Um, I actually am really unfamiliar with it, but I do know it's like one of the classic go-tos. Well, hey, there is a Family Guy Collector's Edition of the Game of Life, so for your Family Guy reboot episode... Oh, boy, now I've got to play it. Okay, <laughs> Every Family Guy board. licensed property ever. Oof. Ranked. Uh, freaking sweet. <laughs> All right, carrying on with a another simple game let's just go with the absolute simplest game of all time connect four one two three four connect four (laughs) yeah oh my god it's the simplest explanation you got this this kind of horizontal this uh vertical board that you stand up and you have these little checkered pieces you're either red or black or sometimes you're red or you're yellow and all you have to do is just put them down this little pegged board and try to get four of your colors into either a horizontal a vertical or a, a horizontal line diagonal. or diagonal, diagonal. Well. yeah diagonal as well yeah sorry diagonal <laughs> diagonal and that's it that's all i do all i know is that veronica is on a probably a 50th winning streak with this game and i yet to destroy it but fuck she's too good pretty <laughs> sneaky sis <laughs> Uh, that's one of my earliest. Well, I, I played Connect Four as a kid, but you know, I remember seeing one of the older commercials in a very old uh, YouTube video and finding that hilarious. The thing with this is just it is pretty simple. And like, if again, if you're really strategic, you don't really have to try that much to to win. Yeah, I find it really. The, the commercials. I remember there was one with a goldfish. It was like it was like a talking goldfish or something like that. I think so. That sounds right. Let me just uh, look that up real quick. Yeah. Is that right? <clears throat> would you say this game is pretty... No nice. Would you say this game is very similar to something like Tic-Tac-Toe? Kind of, sort of, yeah. I don't know, because <laughs> I feel like my problem with this game is the same thing I have with Tic-Tac-Toe. Is as I get older, I get way too defensive, and I keep trying to sabotage the other person's rows but the problem is is that they sabotage mine in return so it just ends up being a massive stalemate every single time so i don't know it's, it's i think connect four i connect four can definitely last longer than tic-tac-toe well naturally um, like tic-tac-toe is more like you know juvenile but like with, with connect four yeah. i just noticed that it's very easy just to constantly have your like turns ruined 
So you do have to be rather sneaky. Yeah, it's kind of interesting to see this game huge, kind of like how you have Jenga, then there's Mega Jenga, where you get like a bunch of like two by fours, and you play it that way. But it'd be cool to see like a or where you actually have to carry. Well, these Hasbro blocks. actually does produce various sizes of this for outdoor use. Uh, oh, this okay. is built from weather-resistant wood and measures 120 centimeters in both width and height. Huh. Holy shit. Oh. So. So yes, you can, you can, if you can think it, you can connect it, maybe. <laughs> I'm all for that. <laughs> oh, they came up with a crazy idea for people that, that are into this. Connect for beer pong. Wow. <laughs> connect for beer pong. It's the pong. same idea, except, you, well, they already have a version of it, well, something like that called Connect Four Shots they put out a few years ago where you have to bounce colored balls into the grid until you get four in a row. So the idea is it's like <clears> that, <throat> but you have to bounce your ball into a glass, if it, uh, a cup. If it lands in the cup, you drink and so on, and whoever gets four in a row wins, and then the other person has to drink even more. I'm not sure what the point of it is, but I'm sure there's drinking involved. The point is, <laughs> there is no point. <laughs> that sounds so convoluted for a drinking game, but all right. Yeah. But yeah, don't worry, Cody. Yeah, that's I'm it. That, that's it. It's very simple. Don't worry, Cody. I'm sure you'll you'll eventually get your win. Many years later. <laughs> Many years later, that the old narrator narrator had to retire, and they had to hire a new one. <laughs> that was SpongeBob. <laughs> There's your other chestnut. It again. never goes away. Yeah, unlike Arthur. <laughs> oh, too soon. Too soon. <laughs> you just wherever ever and Evan just heard that wherever he is, and his heart just shattered. Have mm -hmm. I been summoned? <laughs> but also and I did so, this is off topic but I did research on that apparently they actually like did the last voice acting sessions in November of 2018 so this was quite a bit com quite a bit quite a ways coming oh that's weird oh eh, it's more PBS's bureaucracy of stretching episodes out that long despite airing them in, within a few weeks of the year hmm. well the show certainly has left a legacy which this does tie into board game related stuff i did not pick this but as an aside there was a board game called arthur goes to the library that i played a ton as a kid it's like a little bookcase type thing oh, where you yeah. have different tiles of actual arthur books and that was fun yeah it's like a memory oh, cool. game it is it's like concentration but with book titles and when in my local value village at the, at the time local value village reopened in 2016 i did see a copy of it there yeah, my grandma had that game. It was it was pretty cute. It's a lot of fun. But well, Cody already mentioned one of the ones that we're going with, so I might as well go with literally one of the most beloved and known board games in pop culture history, Monopoly. Mm. Load up your wallets and get ready to have the car zoom around the board or maybe bring a thumb yeah, the thimble or your pet dog. This is one of the most fun games just because depending on what version you play, whether it's a licensed version or the regular version, you can go around all these different properties. You want to be scrupulous at times because you don't want to buy every single property you get because for the ones near the end of the board, because the boards are color-coded, usually those two dark blue properties of Park Place and Boardwalk are the most attainable and desirable properties of the whole game. But that means when you start getting into houses and 
apartments or things to add on to the rent, people will go crazy for those spaces. But you have the chance at community chess cards where like random things will happen. Of course, it's always good to have your get out of jail free card. Absolutely. Always good there. And of course, you never want to land, land, land on the go to jail space or end up just visiting. But it's always a relief when you get to, to free parking, especially if it's been going around for many turns. There's that big pile in the middle. A free parking space can actually be the difference between losing and getting a huge win. Yeah, absolutely. And especially for something like this that has been around this long, and there's, I mean, there's, there's such a detailed history of Monopoly that to be to explain it would be a little complicated. But definitely, I recommend looking into the history of this game. There's even a Monopoly documentary that I believe might have was on Steam. I don't know if it still is, but I do have it, and I'd recommend checking some of that out. But one of my favorite things to do is to also also the knockoff, not knockoff versions, but like the third party versions. This company, uh, Late for the Sky, has been known to make a lot of unofficial versions of Monopoly based around either cities, animals, college sports teams, or in my case, there was like Toronto in a box and Canada Opoly, which were sort of two variations on the official Monopoly that I played over the years. Plus, one of my favorite computer games of all time is the 1995 version of Monopoly uh, that Westwood Studios developed for the PC, and it's a lot of fun. It's got this nice, really smooth 16-bit like jazz soundtrack. Yeah, there's there's so much to go into with this game, but of course you have Mr. Moneybags, who is sort of a mascot, but he's not really involved in the game itself. It's more in various adaptations. There's the spinoffs, like there's Monopoly Junior, as I had mentioned previously. There's so many different other ways to play this. There's even like updates to how you play the game. I believe there are some, yeah, that you either you can have. I think there's one with like a voice assistant or something, or like you have you know debit cards now things like that uh, is there I a won the game of Monopoly once at a board game cafe it was very satisfying I felt kind of oddly empowered like it was kind of strange the more I was ranking up the, the dollars <laughs> uh, I, don't think oh, I, I don't think I've ever won a it, game of Monopoly <laughs> a classic it'd version. be very fun to play with like real money but if you're in the states you can like obviously get like one dollar bills and just play it in a kind of an alternate way but it would be fun to play that with actual money <laughs> for sure uh, is there it would a... be a very interesting commentary on late stage capitalism <laughs> is there a is there a particular version of the game that you like because there's so many iterations um, exactly. There's so many, and some of them have different gimmicks or like gameplay or like I, there's there is one ultimate banking edition doesn't have any cash. Uh, voice banking, there is no cash or cards. You just respond to a top hat. I kind of like the more traditional uh, Monopoly. You know, you use the dice, you use the pieces, the cards. No frills. I I had I I owned uh, as a kid. I remember we had. Uh, Star Wars Monopoly. Oh, of course. Oh, that's probably worth a it pretty was... penny nowadays. <laughs> oh, probably, yeah, like a thrift shop. That's the kind of cool thing about the thrift shops is that you find a lot of board games that are at a decent price, but you have to like, go through the box to see if all the pieces are there at first. Yeah. There's this I one... wouldn't recommend doing that, but, you know, post-pandemic, probably not going to look into that. Just wipe it all down. 
with like Lysol or spray. <laughs> that is true. I do that for packages and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a fun game. Definitely. Well, it's definitely like the the iconic ones. It's kind of the first one I, you think of when you think board game. Usually. It is like the like Citizen the first and Kane. <laughs> Don't blame me. Like, I wanted to play Monopoly. There's one version that Veronica has. It's called a Monopoly Empire. And the way it works is, rather than you collecting, like, um, cards, it, it, you're going around collect buying, buying companies, right? So you have this tower kind of slide thing that you put uh, the bricks that represent uh, the empire, and you slowly stack them up over time. And the goal is you're supposed to reach the, uh, the, the, to the top of your tower, the most uh, corporations you buy. And the amount of corporations you have is the amount of money you get when you pass uh, start. It's a very fast version of Monopoly. I actually prefer it over the original because the original can take a while, but this one's pretty quick. I played it with Evan. I played with Veronica, and it, I I think it's my I think it's my definitive version of Monopoly. I, I like that one the most. So I would recommend Never that one to you guys if you want a different variation on a theme. There was something I was gonna say. Um about Monopoly. Okay, um, the documentary Under the Boardwalk, The Monopoly Story. It is available to purchase on Steam or you can rent it or purchase it. It's got a bunch of bonus features as well if uh, the history of it is something you're interested in. Um, what's odd is like one of the versions of Monopoly we had was a golf one. Oh. It's like purchasing golf courses which I'm like it's already kind of meta in that way but a lot of my early memories were one of the older traditional boards and play again playing the the pc version just because the little animations when uh, mr moneybags rolls your dice or the each of the pieces which have their own unique animations moving across the board and each of the animations for like whichever property you land on a lot of decent detail was put into that and it's really cool nice <laughs> all right pass go collect 200 dollars. next pick Let's go the other way, because I think, uh, yeah, Lyle, how about you go? Okay, um, so my next game is a pretty new one, pretty raunchy, pretty edgy, and, uh, overall, uh, a little contentious at times, but my next pick is Cards Against Humanity. Also oh, no- the humanity! <laughs> oh, no! Anyway. <laughs> yeah. So, um, this is a game that's very much similar to, uh, Apples to Apples, which is probably the closest, probably, it's kind of like the spiritual successor to Apples to Apples, where it's like, you have a, a judge who, like, picks a black card and says, hey, something something blank, something something, and your, your goal is that you have seven white cards, and you gotta kind of think like your judge, and you have to say to yourself, What's going to make this guy react? What's going to make the audience react? What's going to get the highest level of response from a group? And you pick your white card, you put it in the pile, and um, the judge looks at everyone's uh, choice, and whoever... Uh, usually it's a gauge between their personal preferences or like what gets the biggest laugh, and that that's how you get points. Pretty simple concept, but what makes it stand out is just how far this game can go sometimes like it definitely will it, it will push buttons and it has pushed buttons throughout its time started out as a kickstarter campaign in 2011 and 
has been pretty it was it was pretty huge when it came out a lot of people really liked it and it has a lot of expansions and decks along the way um it, sometimes it's annoying when i play the game with people who probably won't get the joke i'm trying to make but like let's say it's a reference to some celebrity that may not may not be something they know or worse yet is if they can't read the card correctly and it totally misses the comedic like punch I've had issues with that at times, so... Sometimes... There's two issues that I always run into with this game, where you're always holding on to one card where you're like, that's not going to fit into any sort of context, but i got to get rid of this card somehow. Yeah. Sometimes you just have to kind of throw it in there. And then at other times, it's like, oh, you think to yourself, okay, I guess I'll put down this card, this will get a good laugh. But then the next turn, someone's going to read the new black card, and then you're going to think, oh my god, the previous card that I threw down would have been so perfect for that one so why did they give it away that time cody so. i feel that what's even worse is when you put a card down and then you pick up a new card and it would have worked so much better that yeah, happens yeah, yeah. all yeah. the time with cards against humanity <laughs> it, it's definitely a, it, it's definitely a game that kind of converts into like the party games like when you're with a bunch of friends like it's in the same vein as like what do you mean yeah what do you mean is another that's one we have that's actually kind of fun yeah, what do you mean? Yeah. Is a really good one too. Uh, they're they they go in hand in hand. Yeah. Um. Do you guys have any memorable uh, exchanges that you're called, or is that kind of like something that just kind of phases out of your mind? Uh, it's like in the moment it's so funny, but then you you kind of forget it. Um. Yeah, it's like, well, it's it always brings up good laughs, good memories. I, I do know that when I played this with a few friends at. We were actually at a board game cafe. the The guys were cool enough that when we were the when we were there, the people that were uh, in charge didn't really care about kind of mix matching a couple other games because there was a Canadian version of Cards Against Humanity, and mm. then there was an American version. And then eventually, they they just said, "Guys, it's okay. Just mix them all together. We don't care. It's it's all good. It's all part of the same game." So. Mm. We actually were kind of, it was funny to see, like, you know, a lot of questions, but then you'd have, like, a Justin Trudeau card or something like that. So it was kind of amusing. <laughs> Sometimes you mean kind of topical. Sometimes they're just so darkly hilarious that you can't help but laugh, but th that's kind of the devil's advocate argument for a game like this, is that over the years a lot of the sense of humor aspect obviously sense humor is subjective and the, the the jokes and prompts have evolved over the years because like some of them do not age very well yeah yeah uh, i think the point of this game is to like check your your sensitivity at the door because it is right there in the title <laughs> and, and at the same time the creators themselves are very much they like to push the envelope in terms of like even trying to promote stuff like they've had a lot of black friday promotions over the years where they just get really subversive and kind of ridiculous and then even for various holiday packs they've done i think they did like an eight days of hanukkah type thing a few years ago where they were like oh, yeah. different uh, gifts each day there's been a they've, they've, they've been involved in some political stuff in the last four or five years in terms of using cards against humanity to you know, serve a greater purpose in terms of getting change needed in america one of the hilarious things was that in 2014, they actually bought an island in Maine and called it Hawaii 2. 
<laughs> it was part serious? of a fundraiser for the Sunlight Foundation, but it's kind of hilarious that like after they licensed the island for use for those that contributed to like their campaign that year, uh, the nearby town of Liberty threatened them with hundreds of millions in fines for code violations. Oh shit! Wow. Apparently, there was like an empty safe that previously had sloth cards and a bottle of scotch whiskey for visitors uh, to that island had been removed and the company had since updated their rules to allow include allowable hours and prohibitions against leaving or removing anything uh so i guess it's still there if you're in maine you could probably look at it but the fact that it was bought for only about one hundred ninety thousand dollars and on halloween 2014 which is about almost two hundred eight thousand dollars as of last year's money you know, they have all that money, and that's nice, but apparently, as of yesterday morning, they are possibly looking at a potential sale. I mean, uh, so they're working it. with an advisor, uh, Molis and Company. Uh, they're seeking to be valued at around half a billion in a transaction. I mean, there's not much... It doesn't seem like they're really doing anything with the land, so yeah, if they want to get rid of it, that's fine. No, no, this is... No, no, it's not the land. The Cards Against Humanity, the company. Oh, they're selling the company? They're looking to they're looking to explore a possible sale, which considering their profile has I guess kind of dropped a little bit. Yeah, it's not as popular as it once was, that's for sure. But um, that's what happens. Do you guys ever play with a randomizer? Sorry, say it again. Uh, do you guys ever play with a randomizer? I I've seen Smosh do this, where they'll get a group of people. And they'll grab like a Yoda pop figure, like a, a pop vinyl figure. And sometimes the randomizer just always wins because it always catches them off guard because there's no thought process. So sometimes a random card will just totally own all the other cards that had thought put into it. And they'll just be like, Yoda! <laughs> I remember I played it with no, my I dad once. Well, I, I played apples to apples with my dad, but a similar thing happened. We had this uh, little figure that we I bought for him for Father's Day, and he called him Bob. And one time, Bob got, like, a five-card streak, and my dad was just like, Fuck you, Bob! <laughs> just like uh, that kind of thing. I can't say I've ever played with a randomizer. I know, I think we've tried doing this. We have done some online games, because uh, there are various online Oh. versions of cards against humanity that was all bad cards which when it had all the official expansions and stuff was was neat although now they've since moved on to custom packs and there is a patreon uh if you if anyone wants to consider supporting them you get some extra perks for that but like apparently i think only a month or two after um after it got it, it existed there was like a potential cease and desist uh from cards against humanity themselves i guess because mm. you know there was something about the licensing, or something about the Creative Commons thing that, like, I guess they didn't want them using. It was, like, last year, but I remember last year when the pandemic first started, we did some online games that way, and that was that was fun. There was also Pretend You're XYZZY, which was sort of the precursor to all bad cards. Um, and there's also Cardcast, which... I don't know. I don't. I don't think it's up right now, but it did allow you to make custom decks. So perhaps someday, Cards Against Humanity will see the light, and make an official web version or mobile version or console version. That would be good because while well, that that website that you showed me was admirable, it it just had so many bugs, and people would always log out and would ruin entire games. So yeah, it had yeah. some issues. Since since then, things have been fixed, but at the same time, I've not played it since the initial couple of months back last year. Me neither. 
Uh, anyways, I'm all tapped out, so uh, here's the church, here's the steeple, open the doors, and here's our next uh, game. <laughs> um, my next game is another classic, and it's one that I probably should buy soon, because I kind of miss playing this game. Uh, I'm talking about if you guys want to get into some trouble... Fun I think it's fun trouble. getting in trouble. <laughs> sorry. That freaking that yeah, commercial always stressed me out. I was like a goody two-shoes <laughs> back then. Anytime that commercial come out, kids going, Hey, want to get into trouble? Oh my yeah, God. it's fun getting in trouble. I was like, fuck that you, kids. That's the wrong show. So what this game is, is uh, it's kind of convenient to have the dice this way i wish a lot of other board games would have this where it's inside this little dome and you press it down and it pops up and it the randomizes it because every time i'm playing a game with a with a, a thing of dice it always rolls off the table and it rolls off on the ground and i always say no it doesn't matter where it's going to roll at just what is it one two whatever we can't always count it but and i always have this funny thing where every time it rolls off the table and onto the ground it'll just keep rolling i just look at my I look at everyone else and I go, Jumanji. Oh my god, Cody. <laughs> That's like my go-to thing. I always say, I just always whisper Jumanji every time the dice rolls off. So what the game is, is that there's four colors. There's green, yellow, blue, and red. And you have, I believe it's five pegs in the game, and you have to have them go all around the board and get to this part in the center where they're all lined up in a row. Yeah, the home but base. the problem is... Yeah, the home base. Not the actual home where you start off at. It's like the more line going towards the dice in the center that you have to have them all lined up one by one. That's your objective. The problem is, is that if a opponent surpasses you or happens to land on your board or on your peg, you have to go all the way back to the beginning. Yeah. So you get into a lot of spats. You get into a lot of frustration with your, your uh, with your opponents. You can be right at the very end, and then if someone wait, wait, hang on, is it actually if you land on the same peg, or is it if you surpass the peg? If you land on the peg, they get knocked out. Just like sorry. so, it doesn't matter even if you surpass it. It, it. it. Well, if you go over someone, you don't touch them, so they don't get knocked out. Um. So, oh, okay, okay. It's not uh, like I was playing it a bit differently. Maybe I was playing it if you surpass them. If you jump over someone, yeah. you're out. Yeah, no, maybe. Oh, maybe I'm getting it mixed up again. I haven't played this in a long time. I, I mean, played you can it a lot with my you roommates. can do that in um, sorry, but only on specific tiles that push you forward, and you can knock people out. Yeah, usually, most games don't let you do that. I don't know. Okay, yeah, maybe maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. That's, that's right. If you land exactly on an opponent's peg, they have to go all the it's, way back to the beginning. It's like Super Mario it's, uh, Brothers. It's pretty fun. Yeah. And it, it kind of has a cool, unique design to it, too. It, it almost looks like, um, oh, what's that thing where it's like a, it's not a bop it, but it's like a colorful kind of light toy. Um, light bright? No, no, no. Um, Simon says. Simon? Simon, that's what it is. Yeah, yes, thank okay. you, Simon. Kinda, <laughs> it has like that kind of design to it that it looks it looks cool and colorful and. Uh, I was gonna. Yeah, like... I've had a lot of uh, a lot of a lot of good times playing this game. 
I always get like Price is Right vibes from the color design and all that, all the plastic that surrounds the pegs. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, no, the Pop-O-Matic is awesome. It's so convenient to like not lose a die when you start a game. You're more likely to lose the pegs okay. than anything. The sound is also satisfying when it pops. It's just like a pop. <laughs> I'm watching this commercial again. Yeah. Uh, it's just like the the whole green screen vibe and just like, I just wonder as a commercial approach, like how do they get the box to shake like that? Uh, movie magic. Oh yeah, it shakes at the end. <laughs> and then the mom comes in. What are you kids doing? Get in like, trouble. trouble. It's like, oh great. What have I done raising these kids? No, it's like, great, you're all grounded. <laughs> the mother, the mother goes, the mother goes downstairs, gets a bottle of wine and goes like, where did it all go wrong with me? I'm looking. Why at, do I feel like trouble and sorry are related? Well, it's because you gotta go around <laughs> the board and like get your pieces to the to the finish line. It's all essentially just all based on a game called Parcheesi, which is very similar. It's lacking calcium, though. I feel like a game that that's cheesy should have some calcium and protein in it. Uh, uh. <laughs> uh, you know, yeah, you know what? I'm gonna go on Amazon after this. I want to buy this game. I miss this game. Yeah, I'm actually looking at this one thing, Cody. It's a Josh. You might like this too. Uh, it's a combination game called the Game of Life with Trouble. So you have the spinning oh. wheel and the Pop-O-Matic in the middle of it. So I guess maybe it adds like another layer to the game. I find that interesting because they're not really similar, but. Ooh, and it's uh, Toys R Us has it for twenty five bucks. Yeah, I like I like that. It's also it seems like it's got some multipliers. I don't know if that's for moving spaces, but yeah, that that adds some new wrinkles for like the stock. Yeah, no, Hasbro do more. Yeah, Hasbro do more game mashups, please. I wonder how many you could make. Actually, that's a that's a bog that's a mind boggling concept. That I'm not <laughs> that I'm not. <laughs> I'm not creative enough to think of how many games can mash together. <laughs> yeah. Alright, is this the last round? or? I believe so, yes. So take it away, Josh. Alright, let's go. Alright, um, well, is, is, it, is this really the last one? Yeah. Wow, what a great way to end it on. Um, <laughs> so, oh, I could have ended it with Monopoly, because everybody knows that. It's pretty re relatable, but... I decided to end with a board game that is very relatable to me, not just because of the it combines different activity aspects, but also just because the art style is wholly unique and is from one of my favorite artists, and that is Cranium. Yay. That's a very good First game. First released in 1998, there are so many different variations of like this particular one. It's been updated a bunch of times, but the essentials are that you have four categories or four characters. You have Data Head, Word Worm, Creative Cat and Star Performer. Data Head is more like trivia, math-based, like knowing your numbers or information. Word Worm is spelling, grammar, language-based. Uh, Creative Cat is drawing or sculpting with this wonderful container of purple cranium clay uh, that usually dries out way too soon. No, if you don't take care of it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then you have Star Performer, which is like acting things out, like charades or singing and... All these characters are beautifully animated by 
Gary Baseman, who is one of my favorite artists. I've loved his work since I first heard of him uh, in being involved in the Disney show Teacher's Pet. Yes. His own art stuff. He's got a great portfolio of work. Uh, check him out sometime because he's, he's, his involvement in this is fantastic. And the idea is you have a piece, a different colored piece, and I think you roll a dice, you move around. There are these different sort of cranium stops where if you get the activity on that right, you can then move on what's called the fast track to the next space. Otherwise, you move on a slower track of different spaces. And essentially, you will then get into the middle space where there is a final cranium where you go through a gauntlet of all four activity types in one. And whoever does that and ends up in the center first wins. It's just a, a bunch of fun. You can try a bunch of different activities out. What's weird is that it doesn't always tra- it, it, it didn't translate so well to a video game format because they did try a version of this on the Wii called Cranium Kabuki, but oh. that very much uses a lot of there's like motion controls and stuff in there. So if they tried doing that without it, I'm sure it would have worked. Yeah, no, this is a fun game. Veronica and I play this a lot with her family. I went through a, fa- a phase from like eighth grade until about. 10th or 11th grade where i got a bunch of different variations of this series and i still have a good chunk of them but there's like a few there's like cranium could do which is like a kid's version there's conga where you have like a little bit of a musical timer to speed things up um one of the ones i definitely remember was actually uh, cranium wow which was a bit of a revamp of it from like 2008 or so because i remember seeing the commercials and actually for my homeroom I had actually managed to convince uh, the teacher to allow me to get uh, the class a new board game. So I went, I went to get Cranium Wow. So I remember getting it, and you know that felt kind of cool. I kind of secretly wanted to keep it, but obviously that's not how it worked. But there was, it's based on Cranium Turbo Edition, but you've, you've got like randomized characters in each copy. And of course, me being the perfectionist, I wanted a copy with all the characters that it had at the end of the commercial for it. So. I think it worked out. <laughs> Cranium Wow. Is that game endorsed by Owen Wilson? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I'm, I'm sure there's a someone made a custom uh Owen Wilson figure. Wow. I I don't have much to add cuz I haven't played this game, but it's funny when I was looking at the box cover of the old school design of the game, I before you even said teacher's pet, I was thinking to myself, why does this worm and this cat kind of looked really familiar. And then I was like, oh, yes, yeah, Teacher's Pet. There's a bit of, like, a similarities of design in there. Yeah. That's the first yeah. thing I thought of, too, when I first saw, played this game. It's such a fun idea. It's just kind of a shame that the company really... The original company no longer existed once they got absorbed into Hasbro in 2008. And the game itself has basically become defunct in the last couple of years, because Hasbro doesn't have any information about it on their website. I do remember actually a few months ago uh, speaking with a Hasbro support representative because I was curious, like, are, is there going to be any more, like, plans to support Cranium in the future or maybe revive it sometime? And they said, no, there's no plans anytime soon. But, you know, so we certainly appreciate your support for this brand, uh, like, IP and stuff. I'm like, that kind of sucks because it had a unique art style and – I had always, like, in high school sort of imagined, like, if they were to make a little bit of an animated series, again, with Gary Baseman's animation style in mind, or, like, art art style in mind, the same way Teacher's Pet was, but it never worked out. Mm, that would have worked, honestly. I wish that happened. Like, 
you look at Creative Cat and you think Nathan Lane should voice this character. <laughs> <laughs> Is that show on Disney Plus? Yeah. Uh, Teacher's Pet, yes. I believe the show and the movie. Oh, there's a movie. Oh, cool. Yeah, the movie was from, I think, 2005, I'm going to say. It's in the side, but uh, 2004. Wow. I remember that show on Saturday morning cartoons. One I Saturday. can't remember anything that happened to it aside from like the theme song. Like, I gotta be a boy. <laughs> He's so old for just being over. But I gotta be a boy. <laughs> the only tricky thing with recommending people get into Cranium now is... A lot of stores will likely, unless they're like smaller, independent, or mom and pop stores, they will not really have any copies of this necessarily. So, eBay and Amazon are going to be your best bet. Mm-hmm. Let's do that. Here's a question. Do, here's a question. Sorry to interrupt. Do, um, do you guys own all these games that we're talking about today? Um, I know I own. I don't have them all here, but I have owned four out of the five that I talked about today. Hmm. Okay. And Cranium being one of them. Yes. Okay, yeah, you should definitely show me these sometime if we're all hanging out. Yeah, the thing is, I have so many different versions. Like, some are here, some are at my house, and some are at our cottage, I think. Because I know I had a bunch of other versions at some point. I'm missing some. They even had, like, these uh, sort of, like, op- you open it up, and it's like a book with, like, a mini board in there, too. I think it was, like, a uh, super outrageous big book of fun or something. I had a few of those. Yeah. Okay. I, I own three of the five games I talked about today. I don't own Catan because it's too expensive and it's too big for my house right now because I live in a basement. And uh, Mousetrap uh, is all the way back in my dad's. I don't even know if he still has it anymore. I'm a little too old for it now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's all right. Yeah, big Book of Outrageous Fun is how it's called. Um, let's see. Uh, do, we, do we have anything else? Uh, oh yeah, I I I, st- I still got one more. But do you have one more while? Or? Yeah, I got one more. Okay, do you want to go first or? Uh, I suppose yeah, like last time. Okay, so it was a it was a dark stormy night. Six people entered a manor, and when they when they arrived, they found a body, a Mister Body. They found Mister Body's body. And the question was, who of the six of them were responsible? What was the weapon they used that did them in? And where was the room where the foul deed took place? I am, of course, talking about the classic game Clue. Also known as Cluedo in uh, other other parts. Cluedo! Cluedo. That's what I was thinking, too. (laughs) Cluedo. Um, I freaking love this game. It was one of the first games uh, I remember playing, like non-stop with my friends even if there's even though there was just two of us i would still play this game which is a bad idea because it's essentially just swapping information until one of you win but um yeah no this is a this is a great little puzzle detective game where uh, essentially it's all about the process of elimination um and also uh gathering as much information as you can while also making deduction not deductions deductions of your own um I've, I've played this with several people of different different levels, and one thing I can tell you is people who play this game a lot will often make up things to throw other people off because they know that uh, they can catch on pretty quick if you're not careful. Um, 
Yeah, uh, the one thing I always notice every time I play this game is that it takes a long time to get around the board. So it's a good thing if you're suspicious, because then you just get instantly transported to rooms. And it's like, alright, I'm going to stay here and chill and figure out the mystery. So thanks, guys. But um, another thing is... I notice every time I play with people, it's like they always give me rooms. They never give me, like, suspects or weapons. And that can get really annoying when you want to narrow things down. So it, that's one frustrating aspect that I always find. Um... Uh, what was my favorite memory of this game? I remember one time I was playing this with Evan, and his piece was right in front of a door to a room that I really needed to get into to win the game, but he just never moved. So I was stuck there, and I couldn't get in the room, and I lost because of him. And I was like, God damn it, Evan, you and your fat ass Mr. Green. <laughs> uh, careful, he might be within hearing range. Yeah, well, he's going to listen to this someday, so, yeah. But no, that was that that, that that threw me off. Um, I always had the version that had the actual figurines, the the plastic ones, as opposed to the, the little pegs that they had. Um, I don't know about you guys. What which when you play this game, which character do you typically pick first, or doesn't matter to you? Well, that's a tough question. Oof. Can I counter with a different answer? Um, sure. Because uh, my I I I I have the Simpsons version of Clue. Okay. I so I, I usually don't... pick. I guess it would be I pick Professor Plum because that's Bart. Yeah, that's that's the one. So, but Clue itself is actually pretty interesting because it does involve a little bit of strategy, and it. I mean, then again, if you know, if if you're good at process of elimination, probably doesn't take that much. But with all the different versions, it can get really interesting to see what differences they bring. Yeah. That's funny you mentioned Professor Plum. I always pick Plum, too. Even though uh, if you pick uh, Miss Scarlet, you always go first. But I just, I, I just never take that advantage. I, I didn't play this game that much. I didn't own it. My sisters actually had it, and they were the ones that played it all the time. But yeah. I do recall one time the whole family, my parents, my sisters, and I were playing this game at the table for like almost a good not a full day but like a good afternoon and uh i was colonel mustard that, that he, and i believe i believe it was the rope i was the person and i think it was the rope that i had oh that's awkward um yeah <laughs> it's always awkward when um, you're the suspect well i think i remember it because all the other pieces were plastic and this was the only piece in the bunch that was actually like a little piece of string to make look like a like a noose. Mm. Actually, no, there was another one, but it was like a silver dagger or something like that. The, the knife. Um, or just the yeah. knife. Yeah, yeah. The but, knife was apparently it was, it was like a, to a dagger was, in 2016. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, okay. In the U.S. And edition, was, I think maybe that's why. And some actually have like this piece of metal almost. It's not plastic. It's like it's a heavy. Yeah, there's, oh, it's a pipe. Okay. There's a dagger, a lead pipe, a revolver, a rope, a wrench, and the more the most popular one, the candlestick. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's a fun one. It's it's if you like the whodunits, it's definitely a game for you. I believe Ryan Johnson would be a huge fan of this game after seeing something like Knives Out. <laughs> we we got it. We're we'll... getting a Knives Out too. So. Oh yeah, that'll be good. 
Should be good at least. I I, I actually just watched the Clue film for the Here first time. Here we go. I was waiting for someone to mention it. Yes, I should yeah. mention. La- last Halloween, I watched it, and yeah, it was a blast. I, I loved the way they handled the ending. Um, it was just like multiple endings. The and endings. It was cool to know that no matter where you were at around the world at the time that the movie was released, you got just one out of like three or four of those endings but right. later on the addition that you would have like if you watch it i think we watched it on amazon prime uh it just kind of showed every ending back to back which was kind of fun yeah it kind of has like that philosophy of like it doesn't matter about the destination it's all about the journey <laughs> yeah no clue is ridiculously fun and i think of any board game in existence that's the one that warrants a film adaptation because it's obsessed so sensibly just a murder mystery but if you could add yeah. like dimensions to these characters and like have them play off each other in fun and interesting ways then yeah you got something that's really cool and tim curry just like carries the entire thing so well there's so much mm-hmm. fervent energy all throughout clue and i i, I love it. <laughs> it there is one board game that could work as a movie but it could also be like dumb fun what's Candyland. that Candyland. Okay, yeah, I guess Candyland. That would appeal I could to kids. See that. And, well, I they kind of did it with Candy. Well, they did it with Candy Crush and Wreck It Ralph. So I guess they they can't really make Candy that Crush is a terrible game show thing that made no sense. Candy. What was it called? Candy Crush and Wreck It Ralph. Uh, Sugar Rush. Sugar Rush. That's more the Mario sorry. part of However, Cody, uh, Candy Crush does appear in the Emoji Movie. Sorry to, bring that that up. Oh, Sorry to bring no. that up. Sorry to bring that up. Yeah, to correct Sorry, you, that yeah, one's actually... That's the game of... No, no, not that one. It was, <laughs> it's a sugar, sugar rush is what I was thinking of. I'm legitimately yeah. impressed at how many, like, different offshoots, like, of Clue there's been. There's been, obviously, the video games, but there's there's been a, there's been some attempts recently to try and have another movie and even this year, Fox Entertainment Greenland and Animated Clue series in partnership with E1. All right. Oh. I mean, that'd be cool. Would each episode be different? That much I'm not sure about. It looks like it's only been recently. And even the movie, it's been through a few different uh, people. I mean, as of last February, uh, Jason Babin, who was supposed to star and direct the film, left the project. And James Bobin is uh, apparently in talks to replace him. Who He was a director and writer on The Ali G Show and also a co-creator of Flight of the Concords. So... I could actually see a murder mystery with like some dry British humor actually working pretty good, or British New Zealand-ish humor. Yeah, absolutely. As long as it's a less, as long as it's a less obvious version of Scooby-Doo, I'm on board. Yeah, I think I heard talks. Well, <laughs> oh, like... I mean, it's not hard to top Scooby-Doo. <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> Even the Scoob movie couldn't do it. Uh... I know. I heard talks that they wanted Dwayne the Rock Johnson to play Colonel Mustard. <laughs> Or something like that. I heard that rumor. Uh, of years. course. I mean, isn't he already basically playing that role in the new Jungle Cruise movie Obst- or something similar? Ostensibly, yeah. Jungle Cruise. Jumanji is... Three, Jungle Cruise. This and is... speaking of Jumanji, yes. the movie based on a book about a board game that possesses people, but not—it's not an actual board game, or is it? It is now. But guys, have you actually played? Shimaji? No. What, the video game of it based on the board game from the second movie, apparently? My no, no, no. They actually, I remember they were at the, it was at a couple of Cineplexes that I went to in the 
the kind of merchandise little area, they had the Jumanji board game. I saw it, it at had, Snakes like, the cover and Ladders. Of it. A game that you wish to da-da-da, blah, 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 like, A game behind, for those that seek to find, was. a way to leave their world behind. That, that's what it is, yeah, yeah. It had that on the cover, and I was thinking, they should put, like, a disclaimer, play at your own risk. They <laughs> cause damage to your house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, pretty much that's all I have to say about Clue. It's currently my favorite board game, and I always like playing it with friends. I got it for Christmas last year, and I was like, yay, it's a little piece of my childhood that I can always keep with me. And uh, with that, that's my last uh, game of the game of the night. So uh, take it away, Cody. What do you got? All right, well, if anybody knows me best, I am a pop culture kind of connoisseur. I'd like to know a lot just about film and music and just enough sports to kind of get me through a conversation. And what other games, aside from Trivia Pursuit, that captures that spirit? And I'm talking about Seen It. The Seen It series. Ah, yes. I love these games. I I freaking love these games. Um, My introduction to it was... uh, I think it might have been like 11 or 12 at the time that the games were really starting to be popular because they're now discontinued. You can only get them like you like just a hand-me-down on Facebook Marketplace or thrift shops. Yeah. But just make sure that all the pieces are there and the disc is not scratched to hell. <laughs> mm. uh, the first game that I played was Seen uh, It Junior. Oh, and yeah. I believe I still have it. Or no, I may have give it to a relative. Um, and it's definitely an easier game. It has just a lot of, like, it's not just about movies. It has a lot of television shows, a lot of sports-driven questions. And it's all kind of to the age range of, like, eight and below. Um, but it was still fun, but it was a nice warm-up to those kind of games. So the, the whole base of it is is that it's another one of these, like, you got to go all around the board well, you have two pairs, of, two pieces of dice. One is how far is your player going to go, and the other one is what your uh, activity is going to be. And if it lands on the green card, or it lands on the green, the yellow, and the orange, you draw from the cards. And if you get it right, you get to go again. But then there's also other obje- uh, activities, like you go to the DVD menu, and then there's a my play and an all play. The all play is that you and all your other opponents can participate in answering, and they can stop you from going again. But if you get it right, you get to go again. The my play is just you, and it's typically always like a clip from something. No, I always no, notice that. Then no. very occasionally it can be like you know put these things in order from release dates. So I and I always say to people just say A D C B to keep it simple because if you're trying to read all four of them, it's just gonna be a mess. I just say go C A D B or whatever. <laughs> Um, and occasionally you'll roll on a buzz card and a buzz card can be something related to the theme of the game but it also will tell you if you can either advance or to go back a few spaces and once you get to the very end of the game you have this like it's kind of I thought it was a bit strange at first the way that the whole end game goes is that you have this all play to win and your opponents have to have one chance to stop you and if you get the question right you win but if you don't, you go into the final cut where you just have to answer three questions again and again and again. But if you get the first question right, you're stuck in the second part of it and you just have to keep answering 
two questions as opposed to three, and then so on and so forth by just answering one. At first, I thought it was a bit of a strange process, but I guess it kind of makes sense because each question does get harder. And yeah, it's just the first person there wins the game. There are tons of uh, additions and themes to this uh, to this game. Um, there's there's uh, trying to think of ones like there's a Disney seen it. There's Marvel seen it. There's Friends, Simpsons seen it. Yep. Um, yes. We definitely played that a lot. So how it went in my history when I played Simpsons Junior, I only got the second edition of Seen It, and it was just basically all filmed, and then that was it for the longest time until this past year when uh, you know all of us were deep into the Simpsons, and we said to ourselves, why don't we find uh, Simpsons Seen It? So I went out and got that game for us, and I was like, you know what? I think I want to hunt down a little bit more of these games. So eventually I got some uh, Disney seen it. And then I got the original seen it game that I never played. And that was kind of fun. <laughs> and I think at this point I'm going to stop because I think, I, I mean, I like Seinfeld. I like friends, but I don't think I want to play it in a total game that's based off of it. Yeah. There is one I might want to check, check out. That's uh, it's Simpsons TV. Or sorry, it's seen it. Sorry, seen it TV edition. Oh, but I think now it could be a little dated because there's a lot more television out today than there was back then. But what's nice about the seen it games is that it's it's pretty contemporary. It's not so dated, uh, you know. Aside from a few times, I, actually, all of us here have pointed out that there's a few typos and a few things that are kind of wrong. For the most part, most of the questions and the trivia holds up pretty well when it comes to like something like the Simpsons, it's kind of everything from the golden age and then occasionally something from the meh era (laughs) and the Disney one, it's primarily all like, it's kind of made for millennials like us. It's all the Disney's Renaissance and like a good chunk of like the classics, but I think it only went up to like 2008, nine, in terms of its questions yeah and it's always a fun game to play like just even if it's one-on-one with somebody but i i mean again i'm just more of a i'm a trivia kind of person and this is like a it's definitely a go-to to play i can't think of any particular stories that i've had of just like you know playing this game all these games i just know that they're they're very fun oh and also there's simpson or there's i'm gonna keep saying simpson sorry <laughs> there's music seen it which yeah. I always said, why isn't it called Heard It? And then there's one called Smelled It, and then Tasted It. Mm. Yeah, Josh <laughs> and kicks mu- our ass. Music is pretty music. fun. Music is pretty fun, actually. There's a lot of like cool, unique uh, ways. It, it kind of breaks the formula a bit, because all the other scenes follow the same kind of questionnaires with like the spell binders or the you know the the listen in on this little sound clip or try to make out what this blurred distorted reality is but there's a lot of inventive new ways that they did it in the music editions that i always try to push on people but not a lot of people aside from i guess you two are big into music like i am so i don't really play that one that much often i totally forgot that was in my shelf (laughs) yeah josh always crushes us whenever we play that game Still don't know how I had such a good streak that time. Uh, I believe it. (laughs) You have a vast uh, knowledge of music, dude. I believe it. 
But yeah, no, the, the Simpsons one is the one that I always have fun with whenever we revisit it. That's such a blast from the past. Even if it's not as, like, it's not a current uh, list of games. It, it doesn't have anything past, like, I don't know, like, maybe the 16th season, but I think it's better for it <laughs> in some ways. Yeah. But uh, we, we, we talk about The Simpsons enough. But no. Uh, seen it's great. And it's too bad it got discontinued, but I guess in this age where, like, DVDs aren't really as, like, not really as used as much anymore. They still they're still out there. It's not like VHS. It's not a dead medium. It's just kind of slowly declining because of like streaming and stuff. There is a way they could have a bit of a resurgence, even if it is Blu-ray. But I do know that like even if Cena is not going to be around, Trivia Pursuit is still striving pretty good. There's yep. some newer editions. There's even ones that don't require a DVD or Blu-ray. It's just classic card games. Um, I have played a few trivia pursuits before, but the, the tricky thing is, is that say it's like, you know, answer the question that follows the clip. It's usually they would just throw a clip on and you have to really think in like the recesses of your knowledge and your memory on something that is partially related to what that clip was. It's not like you have to pay attention to that clip and to pick up on something that will later on will quiz you. It's a lot more challenging. It's a lot more complex, which I guess is like, I'm not going to say like, you know, seeing it is for dummies and Trivia Pursuit is for smart people. I'm not going to go as far as saying that, but uh, it's cool that there's a bit of a variety in terms of how they structure these games. Absolutely. And sometimes you get a question that's totally irrelevant to the clip you just watched and it throws you for a loop. Like, like behind the scenes. Yeah, yeah, thing that's always the something. worst. And it's like, uh, I don't know. And then sometimes you end up on a random card where you know you they you really get their sense of humor. Yeah, especially yeah. with the buzz. Oh my god. Uh, oh yeah, it's very cheeky. It's very, uh, especially the anytime you do the tiebreakers. Usually, I do the tiebreakers to see who will start off. The, the game but usually it's made for like if it's an all play and everyone you know two people shout out at the same time they got to go to the sudden death rule break like a, a rule breaker the the tiebreakers are usually very like the first person to stand up loses or the first person to <laughs> you know shout out their birthday or who was born closest to this game or whatever it's always really silly stuff which is fun the music one is actually really fun where it's it says like first one to do the worm or to do the moonwalk uh, it's very in the same it's in the same spirit as music so it's pretty good you mean i gotta get up and do things what is it a baby story <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, and again, it's it's pretty contemporary, and uh, most of it pretty it, most of it holds up pretty well, and uh, I'd say check it out. Yeah, absolutely. and see if you have seen it. <laughs> to wrap this up, I, I thought it'd be fun if we each like pick two games that are somewhat similar to one another, and just say which one we'd rather play out of the two of them. So, um, I, I I guess I'll start. Uh, would you guys rather play Trouble or Sorry? Um, trouble. Oh, I, I, yeah, I'd go with Trouble, yeah. yeah it's, like, it's kind of a no-brainer, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, I like Trouble, but Sorry, there's just so many moments where the game can be an absolute dick to you. Like, sometimes it'll make you go backwards, or you'll pick a card that makes you, like, take a guy from your starting and just rip someone right off the board. 
Treble's really balanced, but Sori is so insanely, like, cheap sometimes. So I'd say it's Treble if I want to be in a good mood. Sorry if I want to be in a sour mood. That's that, that, so that's my being a contrarian, basically. Yeah, I mean, I I, I, I agree. Trouble's more fun, but sorry is a uh, definitely a challenging game in its own right. It's the ideal Canadian game, but a... <laughs> sorry about <laughs> that. Uh, all right, who's next? That was a pretty quick one. Uh, I'll go. Um, so, you know, we all can get kind of stressed out in life. You know, that's kind of how life is. If you get anxious easily, you know, it's all about how you manage it. But I'd say, like, if you have, like, some sort of anxiety disorder, uh, yeah. I think you need to be wary about these two that I want to see what, what you guys would ever want to play as. Would you play Perfection or Jenga? Mm. Oh, my God. I don't I mean, know. <laughs> on its own, because, like... You gotta be very careful, but Perfection has that earworm of a commercial. Put the pieces in the slot. Make the right selection. But be quick, you're racing the clock. Wow! Goes Perfection. I think Perfection is a little easier if you have good muscle memory because if you're skilled enough and fast enough, you can put all the pieces back in before the timer runs out. With Jenga, it really is up to chance and luck, so it's a real, it's a better test of skill, so... If I want to just speed run something, I'd say perfection. But most of the time, Jenga is actually a lot more thrilling. Mm-hmm. I like playing Jenga because I like seeing my opponents fuck up and <laughs> make a big mess. <laughs> Have you seen like the big Jenga, like the big Jenga pieces? Yeah, yeah, I've seen that. Those are amazing. Oh my god, such a loud noise when those go down. But I remember per- anytime I go to anytime I go to like you know uh rib festivals back when that was a thing and i hopefully hopefully one day it'll be a thing they always have like the mega jenga blocks that are up and it's like just a bunch of two by fours that you just take turns at and i just have to say like if you are gonna see it topple over just run (laughs) and if it's gonna come towards you just run as far as you can (laughs) that just gives me prometheus flashbacks (laughs) <laughs> all the like, box don't falling. run in a straight line run sideways <laughs> R- duck and roll hit the deck yeah I, w- I would i would also go with jenga perfection is just the most stressful minute of my entire life and like, it's so easy to lose pieces with perfection it's like the, this it's like the, this square looks like it's it's like smeared a bit that doesn't fit that one fuck that's not a square shit. that's a parallelogram you ingrate <laughs> All right, so mine yeah. is all, ones I didn't pick, but these are also stressful for different reasons. But sometimes they can also be fun and hilarious for different reasons. So, would you rather play Twister or Operation? <laughs> I actually, um, I find Operation so easy now. Cause like I, but is it really water on the knee? Yeah, the, it's a it's a wacky game, but I think because I've just developed so so much mu- muscle memory and like dexterity, it's not as hard for me. I think Twister is a lot more like oh ah oh ah ah awkward. It requires kind of a lot more muscle. Yeah, and, and flexibility. Dex- and flexibility. It's actually a game where you have to get up your ass and do something. So, uh, Twister's fun. <laughs> I'd rather play Operation, but I think Twister's more memorable. Now, what if they did one of those game mashups where it was like Operation Twister, where you have to still do Twister, but then you have to very carefully 
uh, like the pieces all have something in them so you have to like be on a piece like on a square or a circle but you have to still like very carefully reach in with something and not like fall or hit somebody else mm-hmm. <laughs> what about you Cody? Uh, this, uh, that's a good question um Operation is honestly another one of those games, like the ones I just said, that has a bit of like a stress, kind of like anxious feeling behind it, because like that zapper can go really loud. (laughs) That buzzer. Um, I would almost want to go with Twister, because it is like a fun party game, but again, I, I actually can't decide. I don't know. This is a hard one. I would probably go with Operation, just because there's a bit of a nice subjective to it. With Twister, I don't know. It's like I kind of go with what Lyle said. I don't want to have to get up and test my flexibility. (laughs) And it is interesting now that I think about it. Operation is basically, it's like how Trauma Center and Surgeon Simulator were sort of like kids' introduction to hospitals, like surgeon work, unless they watch Scrubs. But like Operation is, it really does simulate that very tense, you know, serious thing. It's not like Surgeon Simulator where it's more comedic. This is just like... You can't touch the edges or else, ah! <laughs> yeah, it's like, like, just just be careful and not to lose those pieces because, god damn, those are tiny and they can get lost very easily. And they're or fragile. they, like, slide inwards in the board and then they're lost. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. It's like a guitar oh, pick a... going in a guitar. Yeah. Oh, god, don't trigger me. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I hate that. That is a pet peeve of mine. That could be a topic one day on on this. Pet like, peeve. what are your pet peeves? Oh, that's a good idea. I actually, I actually remember seeing this on YouTube sometime. I don't. It, it wasn't a Jackass stunt, but I'm actually surprised they didn't do this on Jackass. It was called Extreme Twister, where <laughs> it is the game, the classic game of Twister, but instead of putting just putting your hand or foot on just like you know, circled colors or colored circles. You're instead putting, you know, like the red spots will be inhabited with a mouse trap, or the uh, yellow spots will have ice blocks on it, or just, you know, something hot, something painful, something gross. Like, you actually have to put your hands or feet on this. <laughs> like, oh, I landed on right foot red, okay, now time to slam it, and then you get, like, snapped with a mouse trap on your foot. <laughs> That's awful. <laughs> It's uh, it's pretty it's that's extreme twister. <laughs> I I found this I found these two board games. I, I don't want to take an extra turn, but like these are these are pretty infamous. So I got a question guys. Would you rather play a game called Doggy Do where you pump a, a plastic dog and like brown poop comes out of it? Or would you rather play Pimple Pete, a game where you have to pull the right zit out of this boy's face? Or water squirts out of his well, nose. Where did the TLC marketing department come up with these things? <laughs> hey, kids uh, like I'd gross rather, stuff. I'd rather have a pie thrown in my face. Oh, yeah. Pie the face. game for like a year. Yeah, <laughs> I remember that one. The whip, the whip cream, get whip cream on your face game. Oh, <laughs> uh, I see how uh, it is. I don't even know what I go with on that one. I'm just going to call it off. <laughs> I actually you just, can't make just me a, choose. I don't think yeah, I want you just guys to a, choose. I just wanted to give those two a shout out because they're the most disgusting things I've ever heard in my life. Do you, do you guys know this game called Shadows in the Forest? No. Is this a Slenderman thing? 
No, no, no. So it is a game that you have to play in the dark. It's a game that Veronica just got me like a month ago for my birthday. It's pretty fun, actually. So you have to play in the dark, and it's this board game where you have these stencils of trees and rocks that go on the board, and it almost looks like a pop-up book afterwards. And what you do is, when you're in the dark, there's there's a light keeper who has in, in charge of this LED light, kind of like a lantern, and it goes around the board, and it can only go back any other way as long as you roll a one on the, the dice. But the other players play these little creatures called the uh, Shadowlings. And there's these little, like, black creatures that wear these masks, these white masks. And you have to, like, hide them behind the tree out of the vicinity of where the light shines through these trees. So the objective is that the light, the light, uh, the light keeper guy has to find every single one of them and freeze them and take off their mask. But the the other players you can play up to like as many as you want or i think up to like five or something like that where everyone can each be in charge of all these shadowlings they have to get all these people together behind one tree and get out of the vicinity of the light shining through all these spots because the lighthouse keeper not lighthouse keeper the light keeper has to do like be blindfolded or looking away in between turns and they all have to get together at the end and not have everybody frozen because you can get to, you can get to a person and unfreeze them, but you have to also get together for them to win. I just so realized. That, yeah. Imagine if the Earl robotic lighthouse was in this. The what? You know, and you know, the Simpsons is the robotic lighthouse keeper, or Earl. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it sounds interesting. So, it's a game that I, okay, not only do you have to play in the dark, you got to make sure there's no windows around because any sort of glare can kind of defeat the purpose of the game because you can look, you can you can get up and look down in almost like a bird eye view, but if there's like any tiny glare from the window, you're going to be like, okay, well, it's not, I can see one, but it's not really in our light. It's in the room. And also your eyes adjust really well when you're in the dark. So just make sure it's pitch black. And it will work. It is I look fun. forward to the film version of this, A Dark Place, coming soon. <laughs> mm. A Dark Place. Yeah. That's the most recent game I've played. That's nice. And hopefully not the last, because I love playing board games. I was going to say, I'm very happy that board games have found a new niche in the market. Like, it, I, I was afraid that they would fall into obscurity or just be kind of seen as like something that's passe. They've kind of come into their own in the, in, in the market of entertainment, and that's good. And more games are coming out, and the complexity is rising, and people are wanting to expand their horizons. And um, I'm very glad that board game cafes are actually popular now. Um, I, I personally love them a lot. It's actually how I got to meet Veronica, actually. That was our first date, was going to a board game oh, cafe. Oh, cool. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, I have some very fond memories with board game cafes, for sure. I do have one thing I want to add. Yeah, Josh has a quick. party game that he always loves to bring up when we bring it. Yeah, up. so they're not technically proper board games. They are more along the lines of party games, but I do think the board game culture has received a huge boost in the last seven or eight years thanks to Jackbox games and their mm. annual party pack iterations. So, Josh, I just discovered these a week, a week and a half ago when I was You're in You're welcome. <laughs> I just discovered these just recently. Uh, the game Faking It is a lot of fun. That's a really good one. The neat thing about these party packs every year, they usually combine one trivia game, 
one more traditional party game, a drawing game where you draw on your phone, and a couple of other interesting ideas that sometimes pan out, sometimes don't, but they've evolved a lot since like 2014, and it's usually something to look forward to, especially since franchises like You Don't Know Jack, which itself was a trivia-based uh, computer game, which if it was a video game episode, I would have totally recommended that one, but that's been going strong for, I think, over 25 years at this point. Wow. Uh, there's also Quiplash and Trivia Murder Party, which have both gotten a huge boost thanks to this franchise. Yeah, no, it's a lot and of fun. And Drawful. Drawful's also a good one. Drawful's fine. A uh, similar drawing game like Bidiots, yeah. for example, is pretty good too. I'm always a fan, especially with Jackbox, they have really solid comedy writing, and they're all about giving you a lot of prompts to work with, or even with games like Quiplash, letting you you know, be as savage as you want, even with custom episodes, that you can make your own cards and cater it to... Um, to whichever group of people you're playing with. Also, Fibbage is also really great for trying to deduce truths, especially the enough about you mode, where if you really know the people you're playing with, you can really put that to the test. Oh, yeah. I always love that t-shirt game where you create, like, logos and, like, uh, slogans that go underneath. That one's super enjoyable. Oh, and the, the, the hip-hop one where you create rap verses out of, like, Yeah, Mad Adverse Lib. City is kind of funny. As an aside, I really do hope there is a sequel for that game in the next couple of years because making custom prompts, like fully custom, not just like you you do like two things and then they sort of fill in the rest. No, you, you let people go as hard as they want. Yeah, because sometimes I'm worried about... Fun. Plus, they've had some asides with like... Um... What else? They've had some other... Have they... No, usually it's like they do the party packs every year, and then maybe they do something like Drawful 2, which was a standalone. But even the music for these games, it's like you never expect party games to have rock and music, but they have some really great uh, tracks, which you can check out on either. If you get the game on Steam, you can get the soundtracks with it as well, or on their Bandcamp, or even iTunes, uh, Spotify, all those places. Yeah, it's got style. Style and spades. Mm. But yeah, no, that was a that was a good round, guys. Um, I I hope we uh, opened your uh, eyes to some games that maybe you haven't heard of, or maybe gave you a little sense of nostalgia games you've played many times in your own uh, in your own lives. And uh, yeah, this was great, and uh, I'm glad you were all able to join us and uh, dig dig out some of the, the old stuff you have back in your closet and uh, have a nice uh, have a nice little blast from the past with your family. It's always it's always a good way to spend time. So that's all we got for tonight. Thank you. Uh, have a great day. Thank night. you. And don't forget to turn the light off when you're done putting the games away, okay? Yeah, and clean the table before and after. Get too dusty. Ugh. When you're bored, play some games. <laughs> right on.